Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Uh, welcome radio. to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. And this is Bob. Happy Mother's Day. How are you today? Yes, thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all of our listeners also. I'm doing well, thank you. It's uh, such a pleasure to have Bob back on the air with me. He and I began doing uh, the radio program together on Sundays uh, way back in the beginning, and we did it for a couple of years, maybe longer, and then uh, the affairs of uh, the economy took over, and Bob uh, had to work on his business. And so it's uh, it's great to have Bob back here. We're in different locations. Bob is in... Um, Austin, Texas, and uh, as I am on the eastern side of the Sierras in a town called Bishop, so in California. So, yay, welcome back, Bob. Uh, Bob is going to lead us off today. Uh, I would like to just give a little reminder that um, on a mountain in a valley, we behold only God. In hardship, we see him by our sides. In ease and well-being, we behold only God. Like a candle, we melted amidst the sparks of the flames. We behold only God. And that is a quote from Rabia the Mystic. Uh, Thank you very much. And Bob, thank you. Thank you. That's such a wonderful thing to remember every day. And I'm glad to be back on the show with you, and we're going to start it off with a short meditation. And today, since we're talking about love, we'll do a short meditation where we'll focus on our heart chakra. And we'll do that to some music by by a nail called Be Still Thy Soul. As As we bring in our first breath, Let's allow ourselves, our mind to still. Let let all of the thoughts of the day leave our mind. Breathe in deeply. Breathe in and feel the air coming through your chest and bringing that into your heart chakra. Bringing that into the area around your heart where all of the loving energy is at within your body. That energy that binds the upper chakras and the lower chakras together with love. Let's bring in big, deep breath and thinking, love, I am love. I am love. I am love. Pull in all the air that you can. Exhaling, I am peace. I am peace. I am peace. Exhale all of the air from your lungs, removing all the stale air, all the stale thoughts of yesterday, all the stale thoughts of years gone by, allowing all of that, any negative energy to be exhaled as you let out your breath. And bring in, again, another deep breath, pulling in all the air that you can. I am love. I am love. I am love. I am love. Om. I am love. Exhaling again. All thoughts on your breath. I am peace. I am peace. I am peace. Oh, I am peace. I am peace. Allow your thoughts to be on your green light that's in the center of your body. That green, loving light. And 
one more time. Let's pull in all as much air as we can. I am love. I am love. I am love. Oh, I am love. One more big exhale. I am peace. I am peace. I am peace. Oh. Take a few moments to relax more. Take in again another big breath and another big exhale as we finish off this wonderful piece of music. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much, Bob. That was wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your week. Was Have you had a good week? Very good week. Good week. Productive. And yours? You know, my week has been good. I've, uh, and in keeping with the topic of the, uh, the program today, giving without expectation, you know, um, it, it's kind of difficult to talk about that without somehow bringing attention to yourself. But on the other hand, if we don't talk about those things that we've done this week that have been a little extraordinary, uh, then we don't kind of plant in people's minds the ideas about things they can do. And one example yesterday for me, I ended up feeling so at peace is, where I live, we have very few stores. So our Macy's, Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, uh, and any other um, Dillard's store is the Kmart. And so I went there yesterday looking for something and found a few buys that I felt I absolutely need to have this special K at $2 a box. And so I have these things. And But what I have is a lot of little bits and pieces of groceries. And as I got in line, I I noticed that most people didn't have bits and pieces of groceries. They had things like flowers or garden gloves that they could give to someone for Mother's Day. And so um, I just started suggesting, why don't you go ahead of me? I had nowhere to be. And it was such a simple act, but I ended up having lovely conversations with people who were telling me about their lives and Mother's Day and what it meant to them. Uh, One um, beautiful woman held up her shirt so I could see what it was going to look like today when she was celebrating Mother's Day with her family. And um, it was such a simple, simple thing. Slow down the day, made things more reasonable and more meaningful and didn't hand out cards, didn't give my name. And it's an act that any one of us can engage in, an act of kindness to others with no expectation of recognition. How about you, Bob? You kind of do things like that all the time, I think. You're a gentle spirit. I tend to just do them and forget. <laughs> yes. I don't. I can't pinpoint something exactly that, that this week. It was. I think you know that's part of part of giving without expectation is that you do do those kind acts and, you know, that's one thing to kind of point out here is that a gift doesn't need to be a tangible item, right? It can just be that that act of kindness of letting someone go at a stop sign because you you're not in a because you're not in a rush and letting someone go ahead of you at the store or just saying good morning. You know, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago and one of the 
and I said good morning to someone, and they said, oh, you must not be from here. We don't do that. We don't <laughs> take the time. We, we look at the ground, and, and we walk and make sure that we're not stepping in something and avoid all contacts as possible. Yes. So, yes. And, and, they, and that's stereotyping, of course, because not everyone does that. But in the, in the hustle bustle of the day, I think we do a lot of times look at, just look at the ground and, and, and march forward and don't take the time to say good morning or thank you or, or anything. Just common courtesy can be a gift, right? Yes. And, yes. and a lot of times we, we forget to take those, those common courtesies. Yes. Even in our emails, right? We, we we send an email and we don't say thank you or we don't acknowledge. I think what one thing that I try to always do in email is say thank you and how is your day? Hope everything's going well. Hope business is good. Hope your your mission is on target, etc. Something that doesn't just show a quick answer. And I think it, you know, sometimes you know there, that will elicit. Another email back, just resp- not respond, saying thank you. Whereas other times, I think people don't give that recognition of <clears throat> of saying thank you and, and just saying thank you is a gift. You're exactly right. And I mean, how many times do people take the time and energy just to look at what they wrote in the email before they press send? And and think about how would somebody like to receive this? You know, back in the day when we would write these long letters, uh, we would have time to cogitate about them and think about them. If you were writing it by hand, it was right there in front of you, and you would cross out a word or you would do this or you would do that because you became actively engaged in the process. You weren't distracted by something else. And for me, uh, being an attorney, my assistant would type it, and then she would bring it back. And, I mean, there used to actually be a joke, don't let Marge have a red pen when you bring back the first, the the final draft of the document. And, you know, there's a, a story out there about how Teddy Roosevelt or Franklin, one of them, but I think it's Teddy, would actually always write something. They type wrote in, in that day. In my day, it was computer, but they would type write. And he would always cross out some word he deliberately left. Maybe he didn't deliberately. But he would always read the letter again and cross out a word and insert something just to show someone that he was investing a part of himself in it. And yet here we sit down, and I'm guilty of it, uh, you know, and your mailbox is screaming at you on your email. And sometimes you're... It, it seems almost too much energy to slow down and be kind. And yet I try very hard to do that because I've come to recognize that it's not really too professional to uh, to kind of litter your email with emoticons. And so the words may mean something far different to uh, others than they mean to you. You know, you... You know, I'm, I keep in mind, my kids always tell me I need to say joke, joke. I'm a very serious person. And so if apparently, didn't know that completely, but apparently. And and so I think the email thing is, is great. It's huge. And, and maybe um, with that, uh, taking the time to periodically send someone just a card, you know? Yeah. I have don't, a we love, don't we all love Don't we love don't we love to get cards? I, I got a card a couple weeks ago I uh, from my aunt and uncle and just a little token of gratitude for something that I had sent to them that, you know, was, you know, it it really means more to folks these days, I think, when they get a card in the mail. And the other thing with writing a letter, you know, in the past, if you wrote a letter and you had to take it to the mailbox and you had to put a stamp on it. And yeah. if you were angry, you got time to reflect upon what you wrote and made sure that you were your highest self and you might rip that letter up and write a different letter after you've had a chance to cogitate it a little bit. So I think in emails as well, we, we don't take time to filter 
what the the immediate emotions that we all have, and we can't all, you know, there's not a day goes by that there's not something that's going to agitate us a little bit, right? So we exactly. forget that one of the things that we we always I try to remember, and what I've been doing more with my email is saving them as drafts and going back and look at them. There's not there's not a need to answer immediately. We all think there's a need to answer immediately, but we can, you know, the technology is there to do it. I love technology, but, you know, sometimes we need to sit back and and save that as a draft. And sure enough, I find that when I do that, that the issue will have resolved itself by the time I ever need to send the draft. So I need to remind myself to do that more. But one of the things, you know, that to think about two things really from Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements are don't take anything personally. What someone is, what someone's writing or saying has to do with them, which yeah. speaks back to your comment about um, you, you made a comment about the, you know, the person writing it may have had a different intention than what you're reading and sometimes word placement and where we put our emphasis uh, uh, changes that profoundly, right? So remember yeah. not to take anything personally. And then when writing back, follow the first agreement, which is be impeccable with your word. Don't oh, say yeah. anything that, that you – just be impeccable with your word as you reply to emails. or And, and this, this goes to, with conversations as well, right? We, we tend yeah. to – understand better with an oral conversation than with email, I think, but we don't tend to pick up the phone as much. We tend to text and, and email in today's society much more than than talking. Yes, and yet I think we all need to talk. That's I, You know, I, I'm sitting here kind of uh, glowing in the uh, journey here together of you and I talking, but I agree with you. We don't pick up the phone. And sometimes maybe the kindest act is to pick up the phone and explain it. Because some, when, some, when you pick up that phone, uh, people can hear your voice. And if your voice is your normal voice, then your words are less likely to be taken out of character with you. So even though I may be a serious person, I don't – and feel free to call in and say if you disagree. The phone number here is 646-595-3584, but I don't think I have a mean voice, <laughs> you know? And so even when I'm talking about Not at serious, all. Not at all. You're <laughs> and and when you're talking about serious topics, sometimes uh, it – it may come across exactly as, as you just mentioned a moment ago, and I, I did earlier, uh, as saying more than you ever intend to say. So maybe uh, an act of kindness to others and to myself this week would be to pick up the phone rather than uh, checking it off on my list of to-do items by, um, by saying, oh, yeah, this is done by sending an email. And it's something my mom encouraged me to do. And my mom passed three years ago, and I don't think that, or it'll be three years in, at Christmas, and I don't think that I'm any closer to resolving that. Maybe it will be four years at Christmas. Wow. Uh, any closer to resolving that. My mom is with me every day, folks, so that's why uh, it's hard to when I think in the word passing, it's like she didn't go anywhere. You know, she's right beside me right now, encouraging me on in all my hopes and dreams. And so, but uh, she always would say that I should call. And uh, she wasn't really a real... Um, no offense, literate woman. I never saw my mom read a book. Um, she always she would say, we have the Internet. But what she didn't mean was that she went onto the Internet to read things. She went onto the Internet to play games, which she did have and could do, and I'm respectful of that because she was 80 years old when she died. She would be 84 today. But because she did not have the writing literacy kinds of things, what she was inclined to do more often than not was to give people love you gifts, to call them on the phone often, uh, and to send cards in which she would 
write something, and um, but the real message was written by someone else above. Uh, interesting acts of kindness now, as I think about it. Yes, a real gift to someone else. Yes. And, and, and having known your mom, I'm sure there was no expectation tied to that gift. It was just she thought of you in that moment. Probably there was, and there's, you know, when you when we think of someone, I, I always feel like there, there's there's definitely a reason, but it's a, a time when you connect, even if it's. It's a spiritual connection of some kind when you when you think of somebody, yeah. and with with some of my siblings, when we think of each other, we'll get a text or a phone call. Mostly text. We don't really call each other. Probably should do that a little more often, but we'll be thinking of each other in the same moment. Yes. And you know, be going to text them, and they'll text you first, and be like, "Oh," and but but we already knew that, so. There are, you know, when you when you think of those, when you think of someone, it, it's a gift to them to let them know you're thinking about them. You're right. It is. And, and such a simple little gift. I mean, we're talking about things that don't involve money at all. And you know what? And sometimes even if they do involve money, I have to tell you, um, I one of my greatest joys in giving, and uh, I know that some pulpits say that you're not supposed to feel good about giving. Oh, forget that noise. Of course you're going to feel good about giving, and you shouldn't feel guilty that you feel good about giving, but there's a difference between feeling good about doing something that shows you respect to other people on an equal level with yourself and uh, going out there and wanting to have neon signs in appreciation. And, And I can give you both examples from a a church group. I wanted to buy my church. Uh, I happened to have had the finances where I was in a position where I could buy my church one of those screens. And it was at a time when, uh, and that they could roll it down and everyone could see the words for the music right up there in front of them in real big letters. And the glory of that kind of thing is when you're singing from a hymnal, you are looking down. And so although you are singing, your voice many times is going downward. But if you're looking up at this screen, you are joining together in this beautiful, beautiful choir of love and celebration. And so, uh, but I didn't want anyone to know uh, what I had done. And in the past, I would like, uh, there were some families that were needy and their little kids, uh, you know, their little girls, they they wanted Easter clothes just like everybody else. So I would you know, help make that happen. And and then I would watch them show their appreciation to the person they thought made it happen. And it gave me such a wonderful feeling to see how much it meant to these children that they wanted to search out the giver. And it was beautiful, beautiful. So having become adjusted to that style, I decide to buy this screen and I make it very clear new minister please don't tell anybody that where this money is coming from I'm not looking for that recognition he promised me he wouldn't and he did yeah (laughs) he stood up at the pulpit and said we have had this wonderful donation from an attorney in our midst there was only one uh and she said and there was really only one of those uh that she wanted to keep it anonymous (laughs) very embarrassing that's not what i was looking for but you know some people are looking for that and i don't judge them either I don't judge them either, but I'm going to tell you what, that those times when I'm recognized for having shared are wonderful and beautiful, and I appreciate the generosity of spirit. But those times that I can stand back and watch the receiver try to figure out who did this, those are the times that I feel close to God. Because you know that for sure there was no... Even though I know you and you don't give with expectation, it's 
anonymi- an- anonym that word is so hard for me to grab around my tongue. Anonymity. There we go. Well, we all know what I'm trying to say here. We got we it. Of, we all have a couple of those words, right? Just don't come off of your tongue properly. <laughs> but Absolutely. I think a lot of times when you're giving anonymously, it is because you don't have, an, you want to be implicit in that you don't have an expectation of anything except a thank you. And working with nonprofits on a daily basis, you know, there, there really isn't anything such as an anonymous gift because you know where it came from. It's very mm-hmm. few individuals and it's not publicized. And it's it helps in some cases where uh, it makes that individual feel more comfortable and that sometimes is, is just as important as the gift itself is that that person has allowed their that they're respected in what in what they have chosen to and how they've chosen to give. Yes. Yes. And sometimes, uh, even though it may contradict a little bit with the overall theme here of looking at how it is that our kindnesses impact others and that the giving of those kindnesses is probably one of the greatest gifts, in reality, sometimes it's, it's important to have people model giving, people who are respected, you know, and, and to be able to see how they are sharing because that may inspire sharing. I, I think that um, I have never in my life shared when I have not and then not be able to make it the next day. And and I know a lot of people because there is enough. And uh, there is enough. We've all made it to this point in life. And uh, But the reality is so many times people get caught up in a fear that there won't be enough tomorrow. That what they do is they, they will, um, for want of a better word, they will hold on and accumulate, and many times accumulate more than they need uh, in order to have enough, uh, out of fear that if they give this extra nickel or extra dime or extra dollar, number one, they may inspire someone to live a life of of asking for handouts, Uh, and number two, that they will then potentially be in a position where they should ask. They will need to ask for handouts. And yet I can say with assurance that I have never given, uh, that I, for which I have not always been fully vested with whatever I need the next day. There has been enough. A good example was... Um, the last week on Monday, I was in Austin, Texas last weekend, and um, I really want to uh, applaud uh, Micah Ariano uh, Blake, who also uh, hand who does acts of kindness all the time for people, and who has created a very successful school-based uh, television program there, uh, inspiring young people to dream. And um, and that is Bob's partner. And so I was invited to uh, come to uh, Austin, uh, not expecting anything other than just coming to see two uh, fairly uh, old, not in age friends. And it was just a beautiful weekend of being inspired to share and be your highest self. And uh, there was an event and gifts were given, and everything was just gorgeous. It was wonderful, and appreciation was shown all the way around. But as we were, as I was leaving and going to the airport on Monday, there was a gentleman there, and he stood very tall and straight, um, like the people that I grew up with would stand. I call it the hillbilly sp- spine, you know, and he was there on the side of the road, and he said that he was a Vietnam vet. Now, folks, a Vietnam vet is a long time ago. And he was asking for people to give him money, standing there tall, thin, straight, proud. 
that's not where he wanted to be. But it gave each one of us, I was not in a lane. I normally, well, it doesn't matter what I'd normally do. I was not in a lane to recognize his service to our country and to recognize, you know, the bearing that he brought to the situation. But I was in a lane where I could think, if I had been in Vietnam and served my country well, how would I feel if I was standing by the side of the road asking for money for food? And I think so many times when we share our money, it's easy to share our kindness. It's easier than to share our money because when we share our money, it evokes a fear in us. Well, how are they going to spend that money? And judgment. Exactly. And judgment. Judgment. Why are they here? And that man standing there, I live in a remote community. I don't, I, I'm not saying everyone here is wealthy, but I am saying that I don't see people standing by, you know, entrances, on-ramps and off-ramps. And... um it really, really evoked an emotion in me and, and made me wonder, what can I do? So I think that you're working for the nonprofits who are focused on doing those something for these situations is, is in itself an act of kindness, Bob. Thank you. That's, that's what I enjoy most about the work that I do is while I might not be there in the, in the, on the front line, uh, doing interventions or or handing out food, et cetera, at least I hope that the contributions that I can make to help those organizations uh, run more efficiently allow them to give more back in terms of what they receive and back to the community, which is many times unfortunate. And I think you really, really hit hit something there with me when you said before before you pass judgment, make sure that you try to think what situation they came out of that put them where they're at today. Because we could all be in that situation where we need where we're in need of something, where we're in need of clothes or shelter or or love and human compassion. Yes. It's not always it's something tangible. There's you know, we all have uh things that that may have happened in our lives that cause us to get somewhere, and we need to stand back and think: What is it that that what what was the cause, and how do we help not create this situation again for others? And most unfortunate is that our the folks that have served our country that go go with many types of needs these days, and that very unfortunate. Yes. Yes. I um as you know I Any have mother. a daughter who was impacted by the Iraq war and is now uh and I I say this um because I respect her and I'm honored that she's my daughter but I also say it be, because to avoid some level of judgment you know she's she's 100% medically uh disabled from the United States army and there are so many out there who are in this same situation that they had made a decision to make a commitment their life to serve our country and yet we are so casual about it we really are and you know uh since we're venturing off um i mean this has been a remarkable week when i think about it uh one thing that I, I would like to go back again to the Eagle Talk Show and Micah Ariano Blake's um, role in that, 
that particular talk show touches my heart. And I would encourage any of you who are in Texas, and probably it's on YouTube, I know it is, The Eagle Talk Show. It it deals with many stand-up issues and all focused on inspiring parents to help their children know that their dreams have value and they have a likelihood of achieving those dreams. And each one of us, as we encounter people in life, have the same opportunity. And one thing that touches, that really caused me to uh, respect this show was there was a time when I was doing a magazine in Texas called The Elegant Texan, and I had the um, honor of interviewing Dr. Bernard Harris, who's out of Houston, Texas. And he is the first black man to have walked in space. And he said to me, um, I said, well, you know, how, how did you feel sharing this as you were growing up? I didn't share my dream. What? He didn't share your dream. And the reason he didn't share his dream, Bob, was because he didn't want anyone to squash it. And, or didn't want anyone to, to take it. To take it away from him. To, yeah. to deny him the chance to dream and realize. And certainly for myself, I grew up uh, in a circumstance where that is true also, is that, you know, I had dreams to be where I am, and I did make those dreams. But I can recall in ninth grade when my teacher told me, women don't become lawyers. Women are teachers. So I went on to be a teacher for a while uh, in a junior college setting. But the reality is that a kindness that we can show to others is to inspire them to dream to be all they can be and to the extent we can help them meet that dream. And in the Eagle Talk Show, what I see is a realization of Micah's dream to be where he is, and I'm seeing other people's dreams being realized because parents are learning to inspire in their children dreaming and not taking it away. And that is an act of kindness each one of us can give to our children. Absolutely. There's, you know, too many, too many times, you know, well, I find it ironic that we have to have a day that's Mother's Day and Father's Day. And, you know, we have a day for everything now, right? Every day has something attached to it. And, you know, every day should be Mother's Day and Father's Day, in my opinion, because you're, it's just respectful, right? Yes, yes. I agree. and having the and you know I think a lot of times we we all get so busy that we forget to sow the seeds of our own dreams, and we we need to be reminded that to sow those seeds not only within ourselves but with everyone that's around us in our life, whether that's children, parents, friends, partners, spouses. Sometimes the, the the gift is allowing someone to live their dream and allowing them to fired and and not judging. Yes, and not judging. Yes, because you know, my because my dream isn't going to be anyone else's dream. Everyone's dream is going to be different. Those seeds that we plant are. We're going to grow into different things and 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 more than likely evolve into other things as we as we go through this journey there things will will evolve and our dreams will get bigger or even move on sometimes we you know we we realize a dream or we realize that the dream we had wasn't met a purpose in our life then but it, we and we Sometimes don't let those dreams go that and, and move on. I think that's another thing, gift to ourselves is to realize sometimes that that dream was great for today, but let's sow some new dreams and keep dreaming. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's first of all today is what we have, and you know, um, 
the Dalai Lama, I started to say Buddha said this, but he didn't. It's the Dalai Lama who, who basically said, you know, if your words do not add anything to the moment, and that you notice we're using the word add, mm-hmm. they don't need to be said. So if your words don't uplift and make this moment what all it can be or add something to it, to help it as it escalates into its maximum potential, then they don't need to be said. And yet how often that's... And I think Don Miguel Reese says it would be impeccable with your word. Uh, The bottom line is think before we speak, you know, and and think because words last forever. Words that are, are not said from a place of love can cause pain and despair forever. If there's anyone out there, and I know there there may not be many people out there right now, but I know others will be listening to this program because they always seem to. And the reality is if there's any one of you who is not still wondering about some words that you heard someone say to you, raise your hand. They're in the past. The words are in the past, but the pain continues to live on. And so maybe one of the ultimate acts of kindness is being, as you suggested earlier, Bob, being impeccable with our word, which really kind of plays together with all of these quotes we have here today, you know, is, um, you know, being harmonious and beneficial results to, gives results so Another qualification is, of success is that we not only bring harmonious and beneficial results to ourselves, but also share those benefits with others. Um, Jesus, love others as you love yourself. Um, Yasuo, and I, I may not be saying that right, but I think I, Yasuo. Uh, kindness in words creates confidence. Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kindness in giving creates love. Kindness in words creates confidence. And so, you know, it's those words that we choose to say uh, that without even realizing it, we may strip a person of a belief in themselves, a dream that they have. And so maybe one of, like I said, one of the ultimate kindnesses uh, is to be gentle with our words. Um, or, to, or to keep your mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> yes, zip it. You know, I think I think you know a lot of times that you know I I, I we, I'm sure we all again if anyone hasn't raise your hand and uh, call in and let us know in the number six four six five nine five three five eight four. But I'm sure there's many times that we've all had situations where we look back and think. Uh, we probably should have just kept our mouth shut and not said anything yeah. because we weren't being impeccable with our word and the words that we used were were not were not they were not adding to to anyone but bringing them down. So sometimes just keep it shut. Yes, and and that may and, and in my uh, experience, and I will uh, hold my hand up as having been having done that. Uh, I sometimes <laughs> find that I. I may even use kind words that cut like sabers and are are laden with judgment without intending to, you know, without even thinking about it. So I'm I'm trying, I'm working very hard to think before I speak. I do do not always succeed. I want that to be clear, you know. And when I don't succeed, uh, and maybe now we'll talk about a kindness to ourselves. Just to forgive yourself for allowing for... Not, not necessarily allowing, but, but forgive yourself for for that misjudgment. Yes, forgive yourself for having done something that isn't perfect. Because none of us are perfect except in our unity, if we were all together as one being. Uh, but we are not. We are individual parts. And uh, part of our journey is to learn to be kind. Part of our journey is to learn to give without expectation, to learn to to be loving and thoughtful. And, you know, so I I sometimes will say to people, I, I, I have, now that I have learned what peace feels like, I, I keep a short tether on it 
So periodically I will lose it, lose sight of my peace. But I know it's as close as my saying, okay, God, I, I, what, teach me what lessons I need to learn in this situation. Not somebody else needs to learn, but I need to learn. Because I need to let this go and go back to my peace place. And so kindness to yourself, forgiving yourself when you're not perfect, um, and accepting yourself for who you are, are, are just remarkable. Um, it's just a re- it is a remarkable, uh, not are, but is, because it's personal, is a remarkable gift to yourself that many people don't give themselves. How often do we see people who are so upset with not being perfect that they can't even enjoy the moment because they're so trapped in the past or in having things their way. Yeah, and, a lot, and, and I think that's an important point there too is in having things their way. And that's what we all get trapped into is that it doesn't always have to be our way. We need to give. There's always some give and take and and the give there is the gift. So can't always have our cake and eat it too, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think I think we I think it's becoming more and more the case uh these days that uh, folks believe they can. <laughs> yes. And it becomes a when you can't you need to uh, let go and, and forgive yourself or forgive those who may have not done things that you thought that they should have. Yes. Yes. And and the the thing is, when we allow ourselves to become enmeshed in deciding what is right for another person we in that process may be delaying that person from having a life lesson that will further their journey toward unity with God. Their journey, we're all unified with God all the time, don't don't get me wrong, but I, I, in my mind we are each living this life uh, and growing as uh, to show we're on a journey and we're on a journey to learn to be love. And... Um, Sometimes you have to go off on side roads, and sometimes they're very long side roads. And I think that's what Neil Donald Walsh meant when he said, see more in others uh, than they are showing you. Is He didn't say, see uh, more in others by making them do what you want them to do. But instead, <laughs> he turned to something that we have power over. Right. Don't be controlling. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, see more in them than they are showing you. And it's amazing. Um, Dean Coons wrote this book once, and I wish I could remember the name of it. Uh, I know, folks, if you watch, if you read Dean Coons, though, this book is, is amazing because it starts off with uh, artificial life. Somebody is created in a um, laboratory in Israel. I mean, it really has an awful lot of um, the dynamics, the sparks that keep our society at war going in it. But what was interesting about the book is it also goes along with Rogers and Hammerstein's um, uh, South Pacific. I think they're the ones who wrote South Pacific, where it says it it takes a long time to teach someone to hate. So what the book is about is each person was through this artificial this woman that was created oh my gosh a woman who's the ultimate christ that would be amazing huh could you imagine that's contrary to so many thoughts for me i don't it doesn't matter to me but for a lot of people that's like ah that makes them feel nervous in fact i i sense a listener out there that does feel a little bit nervous at that prospect right now but putting that aside and that doesn't mean the listener is there right now just sometimes i sense things in the future but the key point was that this person did the kinds of things that Jesus did. Uh, but instead of going into the temple in Jerusalem, she went into the um, St. Peter's. 
and she had this battle with the Pope or with some cardinals, and it was all very interesting. But in the end, what was amazing was her message was, see the people for who they are at the core before all these fears of not being enough and needing more and needing to be right. All those fears were added on. And the book ends with this kind of, um, I know this is is not the right way to use this word, but it ended with this kind of apocalyptic moment where... uh, the world was about to erupt in this giant war, and people began seeing the people at the time they started learning to hate. And in that vision, in that kindness, in that allowing them to go back to the beginning, in that gift of recognition, the war didn't happen. So, you know, judgment is is a huge is a huge thing that each one of us has and when we are righteous and think there is only one way to do something, we basically shut doors for ourselves. We attempt to control other people. We shut doors for them as well. Exactly. Exactly. So it was, it was a dynamic book, and I, I've always I, I should go back and try to figure out the title. It's one of those ones that was so good I passed it on. But um, the reality is, it, it, we don't need to read Dean Kuhn's books. You know, we don't have to uh, read Conversations with God, uh, although those are not bad reads, neither of them. Um, you don't even have to come here and listen to us. The reality is, the truth is within you, but you need to strip it away and strip away the fear, excuse me, to get to the truth. You you need to strip away the fears that you're not enough. Bob, you know, this has been wonderful today, and I'm looking forward to our next program already. Uh, but we only have eight minutes left. Uh, would you like me to lead us in a a small meditation? Yes, please. Okay, and I'm going to play here uh, some background music, and now I'm looking. Uh, I should have made this choice. When Bob and I did this before, we were so organized. And you know what, Bob? This is this is one of our best programs, I think. And, you know, we just... We just talked. I hope it was, it was our, our it was our, it was our it was our it was our gift to ourselves by not over preparing and getting excited and anxious and yeah. thinking that we had to have an expectation to one another about how the show went and just let it go as it uh, as it naturally does in the moment. <laughs> yeah. And and it and it, it it's gone very well. Uh I I'm very honored to have been in this with you. I'm going to play first slide. Likewise. And I hope I have it loud enough where you can hear it. Hold on just a second. First light. And if you all could get into a comfortable spot for yourselves, and I really encourage people to find a comfortable place and to use that place regularly as their place for joining their breath with God's breath. What an inspired program has gone on here today, not to say we are inspiring, but to say that Bob selected the topic while he was reading a book this week. And the topic was Basically, from Isabel Allende, we only have what we give. And looking at that concept of giving, we we were led naturally to things that we wanted to talk about. And 
we were communicating in that format that we were discussing earlier of texting and, and seeing the coincidences. And so what is said today is really just Bob and I being spokespeople for all that is. We're just here for those who happen by to listen, whether now or later. And so I would invite you all to put out your right hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And as you do so, breathe in through the soles of your feet so that you can have nice long breaths. And you can sip in. Don't worry about thinking about the breathing. Think about just pulling your breath in as we line up your chakras. And Bob did that earlier. And so we're just going to pull a fearless breath up through the base chakra because it is fear that blocks us all the time. Fear of what will other people think about us. Fear about whether there is enough. Fear about whether we can take a chance. Do we dare to take a chance in kindness? Then pull that fearless breath up into your creative, your sacral chakra. And imagine how you can demonstrate kindness in your way. Whether it's when you're stopped in a traffic jam and you send prayers to people around you. Whether you wish your enemies good thoughts, good things, everything you want for yourself in the day. Be creative. Know that your kindness is most and foremost a gift to you. See more in others than they are showing you. Let go of your need for them to be who you want them to be. And now pull that fearless, creative energy breath forward. And now you are in your sacral chakra. Heal yourself. Excuse me, you are in your solar plexus. Heal yourself. Feel the yellow energy of healing moving through your body. And be enough. Oh, you are enough. The song is, is a little bit having issues today, and I apologize. Pull that fearless, creative healing energy up to your heart. And now square your shoulders. And remember to square your shoulders every day so that you can share in kindness. You can be impeccable with your word. You can be brave enough to be different. Engage in kind words. Engage in kind deeds. And when you don't, engage in the ultimate kindness to yourself. Look for your peace. Take three deep breaths and bring it back. Come pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up. Come to your voice chakra. Be impeccable with your word of yourself and others for words that were misspoken. Creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy to the middle eye, the crown chakra. And there for a moment, just a moment, envision and manifest yourself as a kind being that you are by nature. Strip away your fears. Think about how the word would feel to you if you heard that word said to you. Rip away your fear. Strip away your fears. And now pull fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting energy up. Open the top of your head. Enjoy that breath that you have been sipping all this time. With the breath of God, reach out and take the hand of your neighbor's God so that we have a circle of human God, human God, human God that extends around the world. And in this one moment, let us all breathe alone and breathe peace and kindness to the world.
Breathe out, I am love. As you breathe in, breathe in, I am enough. Holding hands with God. And are you noticing that you feel warm on either side? Even though the God that you're holding with your non-dominant hand, the hand of God, is not God as you thought God would be. Until next time, I say namaste to you all. Peace be with you. Thank you. Namaste. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.